It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. You know, Rich, uh, here we have Father's Day. Isn't that something? So uh, I wanted to make this complete story devoted to Father's Day and a father and all of that sort of thing. And then here is this story out of, uh, is it South Carolina? Raleigh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Carolina. All right. Uh, Pops up, and, uh, and we can't leave it alone. We've got to address it because this story is in Raleigh, North Carolina, where this little 13-year-old girl is uh, testifying in a, in a um, I guess it's a city council meeting, isn't it? This is such a precious story, Dad. And she wants her town to be abortion-free. She wants her town to be abortion-free, this 13-year-old girl. And she gives her statement. But lo and behold, it's the adults that start shouting her down. It's the adults that start going crazy. It's the adults that don't want to hear that pro-life stuff, you see. And, uh, folks, if this doesn't remind us, we don't have a child problem. We don't have a teenage problem. We have an adult problem. That is where it starts, and that's where it needs to be addressed. Anyway, Rich, why don't we get into this? Yeah, this is, I I like to call this, a little child shall lead them. So a little 13-year-old Addison Woolsey is speaking to the city council there in Raleigh. And then it's the adults that are behaving badly. So God bless Addison. We need more like her. Let's hear this little girl. My name is Addison Woolsey. I strongly believe that abortion is murder. I also believe murder is wrong. So I'm here to ask you to make abortion illegal in Raleigh. Abortion should be illegal because it's murder. The definition of murder is the killing of one human being by another without justification and often with attended malice. When mothers choose to slaughter their innocent babies, they already have fingerprints, noses. They can recognize their mom's voice. They can hiccup and their heart is beating. There's no way around it. Abortion is murder. So why is it? If an infant is destroyed before birth, there's no problem. But if killed after birth, it's considered a brutal murder. Abortion reminds me of slavery. Owners said that their slaves were their property and they could do whatever they wanted with them. Just how moms say about their babies. My hope is that in a few years, we'll look back at abortion and think, that was so cruel, I can't believe we did that. Just how we all look back at slavery. The question is, who will you be? The slave owner, the man nailing the whites only side on the water fountain, Rosa Parks, or Abraham Lincoln? Who are you going to be? Make a choice. Are you choosing to be like the plantation worker flogging the little black child? Or are you going to protest even if it costs your life like Martin Luther King Jr.? Who are you going to be? If you think abortion should, if you think abortion should be illegal, would you please stand up? We need to change the law to change the... Order, 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 order. If you think abortion should be illegal, would you please stand up? We need to change the law to change the world, so let's stand up and do it. Thank you. Order, order. Isn't that amazing, Rich? Yeah, that goes on for quite a while. I tell you what, I tell you what, folks. Now, listen, you've got to know your history. Uh, Because that comparison is not far off, I'll tell you, if it is at all. Don't you realize that when a person had a slave, probably in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, 
where that took place, why, that was property. Um, you know, the slave had no rights. It was the person that owned them, had all the rights. And uh, what do you think lynching was about, for goodness sake? Well, that was your slave. You do as you please. Mm-hmm. Shame, shame, shame uh, for us not getting it right. We didn't have to have Martin Luther King die and all of the other, the Civil War, all the other things that took place to tell us right from wrong. So that little 13-year-old girl, she knew her history, and she was making a fair comparison. Now, Rich, we have a listener comment that also came in this week that kind of tied in with that. That's right. You know, and our listener comment line is 1-800-345-2621. Let's listen. I'm a bot radio listener. I'm calling from Kansas. I was 16 years old when abortion became legal in 1973. For 39 years, I was pro-choice in support of abortion rights. Seven years ago, my life changed. I came to know the Lord through Bot Radio. And it was through the sound, biblical teachings of Bot Radio. It changed my political views, including abortion. Today, I'm pro-life, and my question to those who support abortion is, if life does not begin at conception, when does it begin? Where do you draw the line between living and non-living? And how do you know where and when the line has been drawn correctly? I want to thank Bot Radio for having the courage to defend the rights of unborn children. Rich, uh, that man from Kansas uh, and that little 13-year-old girl from North Carolina, they get it right. They get it right. But anyway, now let's get on to Father's Day. One of the songs that I like the most is on my father's side, you see, because Christ had two sides, his mother's side and then his father's side. I've always liked this song. It's kind of a kind of an old-fashioned country song, but I really love it, and it's very, very appropriate for today. Here it is. Just a young boy in the temple one day shared so amazed never had they seen one so young speak so swift they ask him many questions conversation went like this what's your name son on my mother's side my They call me Emmanuel. How old are you? On my mother's side. Now I'm 12 years. But on my father's side, I've just always been. Where are you from? On my mother's side. I'm from Bethlehem. But on It's New Jerusalem. What's your plan? On my mother's side, I'll be crucified. But on my father's side, in three days I'll arise. And I'll sit at my father's side. 
Son of God, yet the Son of Man. And I can't help but wonder how Joseph must have felt. Through an open door that day, he heard his son reply. He said, you see, I'm the king of kings that's on my father's side. What's your name, son? On my mother's side, my name is Jesus. But on my father's side, they call me Emmanuel. Just always been Where are you from? On my mother's side I'm from Bethlehem But on my father's side It's New Jerusalem What's your plan? On my mother's side I'll be crucified But on my father's side Isn't that isn't that appropriate, Rich, for Father's Day? That's right. Just but, think about it, folks. Mm-hmm. Happy Father's Day to you too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, I guess so. We're going to celebrate this whole weekend. Yeah, I guess so. I tell you what, now here is a Father's Day tribute. Um, I want you to listen to it, folks. I don't remember the exact year. Only that I was a young boy whose sole concern was the possible cancellation of school. Having heard the prediction of snow for this morning, I scrambled out of bed, hoping to find that winter wonder we seldom see in our part of the country. To my delight, I found a fresh blanket of white, totally undisturbed, before a lone set of footprints heading away from our warm home toward the street in a car long since vanished. That picture has remained in my memory for nearly 50 years, not because he never came back, but because he did, late each evening, only to make that same trek early the next morning, every morning. Dad wasn't working to amass a fortune, just to see that we had a roof over our heads, food on our table, and all else that we really needed. Nor was it for glory, prestige, or power but because of duty, responsibility, and devotion to his family. He blazed a trail each morning, leading the way, going before us, unseen, unnoticed, until this morning, when these enormous footprints would begin to shape my life. Inheriting from him more than physical characteristics, I've gained a strong work ethic with a sense of devotion to an employer, and in a time of absent, non-supporting fathers, I have learned that I am responsible to and for my family. And now, each winter, I look for that rare opportunity that my own children might see the footprints that are made every morning, but seen only on special mornings, like the one I remember. My first time, 
to see footprints of love. I miss you, Dad. You know, Rich, uh, when I heard that audio, it made me think that, um, you see, I was born in 1933. So uh, by the time 1940 or 41 came along, 1942, I remember my father was already gone by the time I got up to go to school. I mean, he had gotten up and he was off to work. And that's the way our life was. My father was off to work to earn the money that bought the groceries, meager as they were, so my sisters and I would have a home and my mother. And all of that, that all came flooding back. And then my mother would say, uh, you know, your father will be home for dinner pretty soon. Um, And my sister set the table and everybody had things to do because dad was coming home. And when he came home, he loved to sit at the table and tell stories while we were having our dinner. And then we wrapped it up, of course, with passing the promise box. And those were little scripture verses. So we passed them around the table, and each one of us had a scripture verse to read. And those were the God's promises to those who trusted him. There's another listener comment I'd like our listeners to hear now, Rich. I'd like to lift up my dad. Father's Day. My dad was an alcoholic when I was a child. My mom and him had four children, three boys and one girl. My father was a farmer, was a gardener. He rode on his old home tractor and all the grandkids went running when they heard it start up. And he overcame his drinking problem and became a Christian. And I'm proud to be called his daughter. Amen. Amen. And that listener comment line, Dad, again, is 1-800-345-2621. And we have a number of listener comments about fathers, about Father's Day, and uh, uh, we're going to be able to play a few of those for our listeners today. Well, Well, absolutely. And isn't it interesting how consistent it is, Rich, that if you have a happy home, and a happy home Uh, comes out of giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and then taking it all seriously. Now, by seriously, I don't mean going through life with a frown on your face. Heavens, no, that's not what it's about at all. But having a harmonious home, Mm. now that's a much better word, Mm. and everything is in harmony. Now, while we bring that up, of course, then you have a mother and you have a father. You have a man and you have a woman and you have children either a boy or a girl, you see, and that gives you a family. Now, you've heard me speak many times that God gave three God-ordained institutions. First was the family. Get it straight, folks. The man and the woman, the husband and the wife, Mm -hmm. and then the children. So that's what it's about, and it's pretty simple, isn't it? Right. Now, Dad, of course, you were born during the Great Depression, and then your father worked in a defense plant during World War II. During the opening of World War II. And this, yeah. this next listener called in, her father uh, was uh, fought in World War II, the Korean War, and in Vietnam, and she has a powerful tribute to her dad. Let's hear it. Hi. I am calling from Lincoln, Nebraska. I would like to wish my dad, George Richard Voorhees, a happy Father's Day. He served in World War II, the Korean War, and the Vietnam War. When I was adopted, I remember my dad being a tall man with a big heart. I always felt safe in his arms. My dad had cancer. For seven years, I prayed for my father. 
God blessed me with a gift. Three days before my dad passed away, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. So, Daddy, I love you. Thank you, God. All glory goes to the Lord. I have to think, Rich, there are fathers listening to this broadcast right now that heard and felt the emotion in this lady's voice and what she was feeling. Uh, to think her dad, her dad accepted Christ, and that made her so proud. Yeah. And absolutely done that. You see, that seals the deal, doesn't it? Right. That closes the wound. Yeah. That makes things, that makes life um, l- worth living like like God intended it to be. You know, Dad, our producer, Ken, uh, told me before we started the program that so many people at the call or listener comment line uh, give a tribute to their father and, and say how much they love him. And it's, they're remembering him after he passed. I just want to encourage our listeners to let your dad know that you love him and that you appreciate him while you still have him, while he's still living. And uh, that's a great thing, great thing to do this Father's Day. All right, now you got me started on that subject. You know, God does not make mistakes. God does not make mistakes. And so... Whatever your father and mother situation is, God has a purpose and a plan. He does not make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, here this this lady was, one of these listeners was adopted. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. God has a plan. And uh, those who have adopted children and those people who were adopted themselves, God bless them. God bless them. Absolutely. Now, um, here is something that I want our listeners to hear about who made a father. Well, well God made a father. Well, let me let me say this. I, I'd like it if we could sh- share with them this man from St. Louis that has something to say about his father. Oh, all right. Let's hear it. Yeah, this is Larry in St. Louis, and I'd just like to wish everybody a happy Father's Day. And my father was a fine Christian man. He walked to walk and talked to talk, and he took us to church. And I just praise God for that kind of Christian leadership and of a home. And uh, thank you, and God bless. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you... He walked the, walked the walk and talked the talk. That's, yeah. <laughs> he took you his know, family there, to church. There's a lot of people that talk the talk, but they don't walk the yeah. walk. And anyway, but I want to hear this uh, this comment here. God made a father. Here it is. And on the eighth day, God looked down on the wonderful world he'd made and said, My children will need a protector. So God made a father. God said, I need somebody willing to get up with a crying child in the middle of the night so her mother can get some well-deserved rest then catch a few hours of sleep himself before waking up again to his 5.30 alarm so he can hurry off to beat the morning rush hour. Somebody who will work hard all day, plus a little extra to get the job done, get stuck in the evening rush hour, eat a rewarmed supper, read the little ones a story and tuck them in bed, and then stay up until past midnight helping a ten-year-old with a science project. So God made a father. I need somebody tough enough to barely wince from the bloody knuckles he gets when his wrench slips while re-repairing the family car, but tender enough to push back tears when his shy seven-year-old reads a poem in her school assembly. Somebody to spend all day Saturday unclogging toilets, searching the neighborhood for a lost kitten, mowing the lawn, 
getting zapped while replacing a dead light fixture, and cleaning up the paint spilled while the kids were playing hide-and-seek in the garage, and then hurrying to get cleaned up for a weekly date with his wife. So God made a father. God said, I need somebody who's just as happy to listen patiently while his teenage daughter gives him the blow-by-blow -blow of a conversation with her friends as he is to play rough-and-tumble on the floor with his boys. I need somebody to call his family together to pray every day and then to thank heaven for each one of them by name. I need somebody to be firm enough to be absolutely inflexible about his children respecting their mother but who will quietly go back to the store one more time because a forgetful child remembers that she also needs poster board for her school project. So God made a father. God had to have somebody willing to keep wearing second-hand shoes and his old jeans with a hole in the knee for another few months so the family can afford a prom dress for the oldest. So God made a father. God said, I need somebody strong enough to apologize when he's wrong and then to bite his tongue when he could have said, I told you so. I need somebody who'll look the other way when a pretty girl with a miniskirt walks by, but who will pay careful attention and intervene when a car full of ruffians tries to follow her home. Somebody who would gladly give his life defending his country, but who's much more likely to spend his life keeping her strong. Somebody who'll love his children more than his own soul, and who'll adore his wife more than his children. Somebody who'll laugh and then sigh, and then respond with a tussle of hair and a grateful grin when his son says, I want to grow up to be a daddy too. So God made a father. You know, Rich, we have lost so much of that. We have lost so much of that. I would say in the last 20 years, uh, when uh, when you hear a person say, I want to grow up and be like my dad. I want to grow up and be like my mother. A girl would say, I want to grow up and be like my mother. Or a boy would say, I want to grow up and be just like my dad. You don't hear that much uh, anymore. That's why we're celebrating fathers today. The reason you don't hear it much anymore is because we've gotten away from it. We have disparaged that. We have turned our back on it. Now listen, folks, here is a song. I want you to enjoy it with me about your father's house. Your father's house is a great place to be. Your father's house. Oh, by the way, Rich, I want to also mention some people have grandparents that step in. You know what? So many people had a grandfather that stepped in and helped you know, when everything else kind of went, went, to, went to ashes and ruin, then here's the grandparent or the uncle, the aunt and the uncle, the grandma and the grandpa. Sometimes it's a neighbor or sometimes it's somebody else that says, I want to adopt a child because God has put that love in my heart to be that child's parent. Now, here is a song. It's called In My Father's House are many mansions. Listen to it. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, he would have told me so. 
has gone away to live in that bright city. He's preparing me a mansion that I know. Jesus died upon the cross to bear my sorrow. Freely died that souls like you might have new life. But I know that soon there'll come a bright tomorrow when the world will all be free from sin and strife. Do not shun the Savior's love from up in glory. Sing the gospel story In my father's house are many mansions If you're true, then to this land You'll surely Well, that kind of wraps it up, Rich. I think you ought to give the listener comment line yeah, one more time. I will. Dad, you have an amazing repertoire of music and then these <laughs> comments and then the uh, God made a father. I don't know where you get all these, but it's terrific. Well, when you get to be 86 years old, you know, and you're a collector, <laughs> besides if you yeah. like to talk and visit and express what you feel in your heart, it, it just kind of gathers, I guess. Right. And we'd like to hear from our listeners. Give us a call, folks. Of, you ought to see the top of my desk. It's <laughs> a mess. I seen it. <laughs> 1-800-345-2621. Give us a call. Give us your comment. 1-800-345-2621. All right. This is Dick Bott with my son, Rich, um, on this Father's Day broadcast. And I'll see you later. Mm-hmm.